You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include former Governor Andrew Cuomo hints at a possible return, Continued suffering as Ukraine enters its 22nd day of fighting. And round two of cannabis licenses begin review in New Jersey. Here's your national news recap for the week of March 13th. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo made another public appearance Thursday as reports surfaced he's mulling a run for his old position. Cuomo spoke at a meeting with the New York Hispanic clergy in the Bronx but did not offer any specifics to his political future. He stated, I have a lot of options and I'm going to look at all of them. Sources tell CNBC the Democrat has been talking with supporters and doing internal polling. A recent poll shows Cuomo only a few points behind current governor Kathy Hochul in a hypothetical primary matchup. New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is heading to Poland and Germany this weekend. The Democrat joins a bipartisan delegation with nine other senators visiting both nations. They will be meeting with U.S. military leaders, NGOs, and Ukrainian refugees as the Russian invasion continues. Gillibrand said the trip will further demonstrate the Senate stands united in support for Ukraine, adding they hope to gain more insight into the crisis and witness firsthand the heartbreaking humanitarian impact of Putin's war of aggression. Arnold Schwarzenegger is attempting to break through Russian state propaganda and speak with the country's people directly. In a nine-minute video posted online, the actor and former California governor said he wanted to share with them the truth about Russia's invasion into Ukraine. He explained the global sanctions and how Russian soldiers are being misled and being told they are fighting Nazis in Ukraine. Schwarzenegger referenced his own father, who was a Nazi, saying his father was also misled by his government and he doesn't want the Russian troops to be broken like him. Schwarzenegger also called on Putin to end the war while celebrating those brave enough to protest it. Jesse Smollett is already getting out of jail. On Wednesday, an appeals court ruled the former Empire actor can be released from a Cook County jail while he appeals his guilty conviction. Smollett claims his family received a threatening phone call where the caller used racist and homophobic slurs, hoping someone would take care of him while in prison. He was sentenced to 150 days in jail earlier this month for staging a phony hate crime in Chicago. A suspect was arrested Tuesday morning, accused of shooting several homeless men in New York City and Washington, D.C., leading to at least two deaths, one in each location. The suspect was arrested overnight in D.C. A man is being sentenced in May after being convicted of setting a fire that caused heavy damage to the Blue Heron Paper Mill building in Oregon City. Enrique Mejia was arrested at the scene of the three-alarm fire on December 5, 2020. Last week, Mejia was convicted of multiple counts of arson, burglary, criminal trespassing, and disorderly conduct. Firefighters from multiple agencies battled the blaze, which caused a partial building collapse. 
A second victim is dead after last Sunday's triple shooting in Fairfield, California. Authorities say Damian Davis of Suisun City died at the hospital Tuesday. Another victim, Earl Wyatt III of Fairfield, died at the scene of the shooting on East Tabor Avenue. A third man was wounded but survived. The alleged shooter, Treen Martinez of Fairfield, turned himself into police on Monday. He was booked into the Solano County Jail on charges of murder and attempted murder. A seven-year-old Oregon boy is safe after being abducted by a man Wednesday night at a T-Guard apartment complex. His mother was watching him play outside while the suspect grabbed the boy and ran into an apartment, locking the door. The mom and other neighbors kicked the door in. The suspect ran out a back door but was caught. He let the boy go. 56-year-old James Harmon was arrested and charged with first-degree kidnapping. Investigators believe Harmon intended to hurt the boy and he may face additional charges. An Alameda County DA is charging three suspects for last year's murder of a retired police officer in Oakland. Kevin Nishida was working as a security guard for a television news crew in November when he was shot during an attempted robbery. Nishida died several days later. The suspects, Laren Gilbert, Herschel Hale, and Shadia Mitchell, are charged with murder and attempted robbery. Reports say two of the three men are in custody. Nishida had worked for the San Jose, Hayward, and Colma Police Departments. A federal jury is awarding $85 million to the family of a man who died while in San Diego County Sheriff's custody nearly seven years ago. The verdict comes after a lawsuit was filed against San Diego County and several sheriff's deputies by the family of Lucky Fonzi, who died April 13, 2015. Fonzi experienced a mental health crisis and called 911 for help. The lawsuit accused responding deputies of unnecessary excessive force, resulting in Fonzie's death while on the way to the hospital. Ohio's governor is speaking for the first time about his decision to sign a controversial law allowing concealed carry without a permit or training. Republican Mike DeWine spoke about the law Wednesday, saying he signed the bill because almost half the U.S. states have a similar measure and it's consistent with the Constitution. The law was opposed by many of the state's police unions because it removes a requirement to inform law enforcement about concealed weapons during traffic stops. DeWine says he wants lawmakers to send him a bill that sends repeat criminal offenders who use a gun to prison for a minimum of 10 years. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. Now it's time for your international news with me, Jen McGraw. There are new dramatic developments unfolding in Ukraine on this 22nd day of war. A theater was hit by a Russian airstrike last night, leaving officials to fear up to 500 people inside having been killed. But survivors are walking out as they were in a bomb shelter that held up. Workers are starting to clear the rubble, so it's still unknown if there are any victims. It's being reported that before the attack, satellite images showed the word children was spelled out on both sides of the building. Britain's Ministry of Defense says the Russian invasion of Ukraine has largely stalled on all fronts in a Twitter update Thursday morning. The UK ministry continued on to say Russian forces have made minimal progress on land, sea, and air in recent days and continue to suffer heavy losses. The update said Ukrainian forces remain staunch and well-coordinated and that the vast majority of Ukrainian territory, including all major cities, remains in Ukrainian hands. Police booted squatters from a sanctioned Russian oligarch's London mansion after an hours-long standoff on Monday. Four people who described themselves as anarchists stood in the balcony of Oleg Deripaska's mansion. 
They unfurled a Ukrainian flag and a banner reading, This property has been liberated. In an earlier statement, they said they were occupying the mansion to show solidarity with the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia who never agreed with the madness of the invasion of Ukraine. At least four are dead and a hundred others are injured following an earthquake off the coast of Japan. The magnitude 7.3 earthquake hit Wednesday just after 11.30 p.m. local time and was felt as far away as Tokyo. About an hour and a half later, a 5.6 magnitude aftershock took place. The dead include a man who fell from a second story while trying to evacuate and a man who had a heart attack. Shortly after the earthquake, a small tsunami was reported along the coast. Fukushima was devastated by an earthquake and tsunami just over a decade ago that claimed thousands of lives. The U.S. consulate in the Mexican border town of Nuevo Laredo was hit by gunfire late Sunday night as violence erupted following a gang leader's arrest. Shots were also fired at a Mexican military installation, and trailers were set on fire on downtown roads blocking traffic. Gang members were also blocking roads with spike strips, and authorities are urging U.S. citizens to avoid the area. Juan Gerardo Trevino, a.k.a. El Huevo, was arrested and faces charges of murder, terrorism, and extortion. He's also an American citizen and faces extradition on charges of drug trafficking and money laundering. The former president of Honduras can be extradited to the U.S. to face drug trafficking and weapons charges. A judge there ruled Wednesday that Juan Orlando Hernandez can be sent to the U.S., where Secretary of State Antony Blinken says there's credible evidence he engaged in significant corruption and narco-trafficking. Hernandez left office in January and turned himself in last month after police surrounded his home. One of the world's most iconic landmarks is slightly taller. The addition of a new digital radio antenna means the Eiffel Tower is now 20 feet taller than it used to be. A helicopter was used to get the antenna to where it was supposed to be. The Paris Monument was once the tallest man-made structure anywhere on Earth. The Chrysler Building in New York City took that title away more than 90 years ago. There is a tiny marine microbe that could turn out to be a secret weapon in the battle against climate change that has been discovered. The single-celled microbe was discovered by researchers in Sydney, Australia, and it was found that the single-celled microbe has potential to absorb carbon naturally even as oceans become warmer and more acidic. The microbe is abundant around the world and can photosynthesize as well as hunt and eat prey by secreting a carbon-rich exopolymer that attracts and immobilizes other microbes. These marine microbes govern the natural environment through a range of processes including the vertical export and sequestration of carbon, which ultimately regulates the world's climate. I'm Jen McGraw and that was your international news. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. From Suzette Parmley at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, round two of applicants wanting to enter the cannabis industry in New Jersey is officially on. The State Cannabis Regulatory Commission recently began accepting applications from those interested in opening a retail outlet to sell recreational cannabis to adults. By the end of the first day, the commission said it had received 172 applications. The state panel recently finished reviewing applications from eight of about a dozen alternative treatment centers that sell medical marijuana and are looking to expand to the recreational market. The commission is expected to provide an update on their application status in the coming weeks. The first wave of licensed applications began back in December when the commission began accepting applications from cannabis growers, product manufacturers, and testing labs. Those applications included ones from a dozen alternative treatment centers. The commission said with this new round of retail applicants, there are no deadlines and applications will be accepted and reviewed on a continual basis. 
As the Ukraine crisis escalates, one New Jersey town is erasing Vladimir Putin's name on a memorial. The 9-11 teardrop memorial was given to Bayonne in 2005 and bears the Russian president's name engraved in English and Cyrillic. 17 years ago, Putin came to Bayonne to dedicate the piece which bore his signature along with the Russian people to commemorate the fight against world terrorism. Putin's name has been covered up and it now simply reads, quote, a gift from the Russian people. Next to the memorial are the names of the Bayonne residents who died on September the 11th, with Mayor Jimmy Davis telling NBC the monument isn't tarnished due to its Russian origins and it's not going anywhere. They've just removed the name. Authorities throughout Delaware are about to put an emphasis on slowing down speedsters. State officials announced a new speed awareness and enforcement campaign recently. It will feature several speed-related traffic safety messages from a number of businesses, law enforcement officials, and community partners. The Office of Highway Safety plans to run the campaign through the end of March. That's not the only problem on the roads. The number of road fatalities in Delaware is staggering. State Secretary of Transportation Nicole Majeski says that Delaware is averaging one road death every two days. It's an increase of more than 100% from March of 2021. State officials are encouraging everyone to obey speed limits, pay attention behind the wheel, and just simply drive safe. From the 6ABC digital staff at 6ABC.com, the Department of Veteran Affairs has proposed a restructuring plan that includes major changes to VA medical centers in the Philadelphia area. The Asset and Infrastructure Review Commission report, released recently, includes closing the VA Medical Center in Coatesville, Pennsylvania. The VA Medical Center in University City would also be closed if the department can develop a collaboration with the University of Pennsylvania for care. If a partnership can't be reached, the VA would build a new medical center in the Philadelphia area. The department also proposed modernizing the medical center in Wilmington, Delaware, and developing new medical centers in Camden, New Jersey, and King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. The proposals still need approval from Congress and an independent commission of veterans advocates. From Jeff Goldman and NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, a 32-year-old New Jersey man is headed to federal prison after fraudulently obtaining about $1.6 million in fraudulent coronavirus-related loans at the onset of the pandemic. Jordan C. Larkins of Edison pleaded guilty recently to one count of wire fraud, bank fraud, and money laundering. Larkins applied for three Paycheck Protection Program loans and 11 economic injury disaster loans between May and July of 2020 by submitting fake federal tax returns and payroll records, as well as phony bank statements, according to federal prosecutors. Investigators say Larkin lied about the number of people he employed, as well as the gross revenue of his business, Silver Star, in the year before the pandemic started. He also fabricated the identities of people he listed as applicants and doctored their driver's license, according to officials. Larkin is scheduled to be sentenced later this year. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your Rowan News. CNN presidential historian Douglas Brinkley will discuss the 50th anniversary of Watergate and the presidency of Richard Nixon during a lecture at Rowan University on Monday, March 28th. Brinkley's talk, which is free and open to the public, is part of the President's Lecture Series, which brings prominent speakers to campus to address a host of topics from education to science to history and to politics. A contributing editor to Vanity Fair, Brinkley is a prolific author. His two-volume annotated The Nixon Tapes won the Arthur S. Link Warren F. Kuehl Prize from the Society for Historians of American Foreign Relations. Brinkley was personally selected by Nancy Reagan to edit Ronald Reagan's presidential diaries, and in 2017, the New York Historical Society selected him as its official U.S. presidential historian. Brinkley serves on the Board of Trustees at the Franklin D. Roosevelt Presidential Library. 
He is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, Century Association, Society of American Historians, and the James Madison Council of the Library of Congress. Brinkley's talk at Rowan is sponsored by the Office of the President, the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, the Department of History, the College of Communication and Creative Arts, and the Rowan Institute for Public Policy and Citizenship. Previous speakers at Rowan's President's Lecture Series have included, among many others, Doris Kearns Goodwin, Cornell West, Jonathan Kazal, Scott Sagan, and Dan Rather. Starting at 6 p.m. on April 5th, staff from Rowan's Office of Healthy Campus Initiatives will host the annual Take Back the Night program in the Chamberlain Student Center pit where representatives from various campus groups will offer information and guidance about preventing sexual violence. The program will include an open mic segment in which all attendees may share their experiences, followed by a symbolic campus walk to show courage in the face of darkness. Following the campus walk, which is part of the nationwide Take Back the Night program, attendees will return to the student center for a gift basket giveaway. According to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, as many as one in five women will experience sexual violence in their lifetime, as will nearly a quarter of all men. Ali Pierce, assistant director for HCI, said this year's event is also significant as it will mark a return to in person programming. This has been Nick Earnshaw with your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Jen McGraw with a special NFL report for the sports news section of the Roan Report. After a great week of all-season trades and quarterbacks heading to new teams, former Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders per senior ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. The Pro Bowl football player was traded to the Raiders for two prime 2022 picks per Schefter. Since 2018, Devontae Adams leads the NFL in touchdowns, receiving yards, and receptions. I'm Jen McGraw with a special NFL report, and now let's go to Nick Earnshaw where he will report the rest of this week's sports stories. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. Beginning with professional sports and Major League Baseball, with the Major League Baseball lockout ending, free agency has been in full swing with big-time names changing places. To start in Philadelphia, the Phillies made some noise with the signing of Kyle Schwarber. The Phillies locked up Schwarber into a four-year, $79 million deal. Schwarber will now be playing alongside 2021 NL MVP Bryce Harper and all-star catcher JT Realmuto. As for the other top names on the market, first baseman Freddie Freeman, who is coming off a World Series championship with the Atlanta Braves, will head out west as he has agreed to a six-year, $162 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Lots of money being thrown around at these free agents. Freeman will join a lineup with the likes of Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger out in L.A. One of the surprise signings of the Major League hot stove was the Colorado Rockies reaching an agreement with all-star third baseman Chris Bryant on a seven-year, $182 million deal. Many were surprised at how large of a deal it was and also the optics since the Rockies traded star third baseman Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals just over a year ago on February 1st. 
Many more free agents, though, they still remain to be signed with opening day beginning April 7th for a 162 full season schedule. From the diamond to the gridiron, the NFL has been in its own frenzy with free agency beginning as well. Starting with the Philadelphia Eagles, they made a significant move earlier in the week, bringing in pass rusher Hassan Reddick. Reddick is a former Temple Owl where he played in college before he was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Last season, he spent with the Carolina Panthers. He will be returning to the link and to the Philadelphia area once again on a three-year, $45 million deal deal contract. The Eagles also decided to release longtime Eagle Fletcher Cox. Cox has won a Super Bowl and been in six Pro Bowls with the Eagles since he was drafted. There is, however, a possibility that he returns, according to NJ.com's Mike Kay. To other news around the NFL, former number one overall pick and Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield has requested a trade from the team. So far, the Browns have denied it since they are out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes with the Houston Texans. One quarterback who will be returning to his team is Tom Brady, who ended his short-lived retirement after 40 days. In a social media post, Brady stated, These past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business, end quote. To a bit of national news out of the WNBA, star player Brittany Griner, who has been detained in Russia since February 17th after vape cartridges that had cannabis substance linked to them were found in her luggage. Russian media now is reporting that her detention was extended until May 19th. With that, I am Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. The victims of January's deadly fire in the Bronx are getting an additional $3 million in assistance. According to Mayor Eric Adams, the cash will be made available to assist more than 150 households impacted by the blaze that was sparked by a space heater. 17 people, including eight children, were killed in the fire. The White House is pushing for lower gas prices. Trey Thomas has the details. President Biden sent out a tweet saying oil prices are decreasing and gas gas prices should drop as well. Press Secretary Jen Psaki followed up by adding, if gas retailers' costs are going down, they need to immediately pass those savings on to consumers. Psaki argued that the Russian invasion of Ukraine and volatility in global oil markets are no excuse for excessive price increases or any effort to exploit American consumers. I'm Trey Thomas. Lyft riders will start paying more next week. The rideshare company will be adding a 50 cent fuel surcharge to each ride. Lyft said the full amount of the surcharge will go directly to drivers. The surcharge will not apply to rides in New York City and Nevada. Uber also recently announced a fuel surcharge that went into effect this week. First-time claims for unemployment benefits fell to 214,000 last week. That's 15,000 fewer than the previous week's revised total. Former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo is claiming wrongful termination and looking to get $125 million from the network. CNN let Cuomo go after it was revealed that he was advising his brother, then-New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, during his sexual harassment scandal. Chris Cuomo's lawyer said that he didn't lie to CNN executives about helping his brother, and he also claimed network executives actively assisted the governor, both through Chris and directly themselves. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. 
Officials with the Academy Awards are announcing some more of the stars set to present at this year's Oscars. Samuel L. Jackson, Shawn Mendes, Jamie Lee Curtis, Woody Harrelson, and Tracy Ellis Ross are among those joining the event. They join the likes of Lily James, Lady Gaga, and Anthony Hopkins, who were already announced as presenters. The 94th Oscars are set to take place at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, California on March 27th, hosted by Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes. The Ellen DeGeneres Show is coming to an end in May. The daytime talk show announced its final episode will air on May 26th after 19 seasons. In the coming weeks, former First Lady Michelle Obama, David Letterman, Zac Efron, and DeGeneres' own wife, Portia de Rossi, will appear as guests on the show. The show announced following the May 26th date, the rest of the summer will be filled with guest hosts and competition shows until the Kelly Clarkson show takes over the time slot. Sandra Bullock says she is taking a step back from acting. Speaking to Entertainment Tonight, the Academy Award-winning actress says she wants to spend more time with her family. She said she doesn't know how long her break will be, but she just wants to be with her children 24-7. Bullock has two kids, Louie, who is 12, and 10-year-old Layla. She said she will focus on servicing their every need and their social calendars for a while. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is keeping Dolly Parton on the ballot. Earlier this week, Parton posted on social media that she was declining the nomination because she felt she hadn't earned it. The Hall of Fame's foundation said it's proud to have Parton named as a nominee. Ballots with Parton's name were sent out to the Hall of Fame's 1,200 voters earlier this month. Kanye West is getting temporarily kicked off Instagram. A Meta spokesperson says West's account has been suspended for 24 hours. This is because of his attacks on not only his ex, Kim K, and her boyfriend, Pete Davidson, but on comedian Trevor Noah. He recently called Noah several racist slurs in a now-deleted post. Meta says West broke Instagram policies for hate speech, harassment, and bullying. They say additional steps will be taken if further violations happen. However, it's unclear exactly when the 24 hours started. It looks like the act of sharing Netflix passwords could soon be coming to an end. CNN reports the streaming giant is rolling out a program to enable members who share outside their household to do so easily and securely while also paying a bit more. The program will allow customers to add on an extra member option to pay a discounted rate for up to two people they don't live with. The feature is currently only available in Costa Rica, Peru, and Chile, but if it's successful, Netflix says it could roll out for the rest of the world. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.